Welcome to Romance with a Cocktail. I'm Peter. And I'm Ashley. And we're married! Today for Romance with a Cocktail, we're going to be discussing An Extraordinary Union by Alyssa Cole. It's a novel of the Civil War. It's also the first novel that we're reading that I had not read before we talked about it. Before we chose it so for first the podcast. Th- first thoughts about that. Do you think that's going to be a tax you take in the future? I feel like I have to because what's the fun if it's all books I've read in the past? Uh, but I have to admit it makes me nervous because then I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know how steamy it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think I'm going to try it at least. Yeah. I almost went back to one for this coming next week that I had read before, but I decided to be brave. Okay, well, <laughs> so so this one worked out well, you think? This was a good pick. Well, it was definitely different from anything we'd read before. Um, How so? Well, it was set in the U.S. in the Civil War, so it was historical mm-hmm. romance, but an American historical romance. Mm-hmm. Um, the main female character is a black woman. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's, I guess, what I would say is different. It's still a romance novel. Yeah. Was it romantic? You know, we should really, like, talk about our drink first. (laughs) Um, All right. It was a love story. Well, cheers. Okay, so what do we have? Take a sip. It's pretty good. What is this? This is a horse's neck. It is a Virginia cocktail. Okay. It's a mule. It's a version of a mule. I thought that's what it looked like when yeah. I saw it, but what does it have that makes it a horse's neck? Um, I think it's supposed to be in a tall glass, even though I kind of have it in a shorter glass. I don't know. That's oh, you don't know? Like, it. But what are the ingredients? It's just bourbon, um, lime, and uh, ginger beer. Okay, so it's a bourbon mule. Yes. Okay. I think we had something similar. I think we did. I mean, I do think, you know, calling it a horse's neck, that feels appropriate for the novel. It's not like super romantic or um, Mm -hmm. like classy title of the cocktail. And I actually wondered what you were going to come up with, given that this is a novel about war. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, has horse. There are lots of horses. Right. That's what I was thinking. It feels appropriate for the book. So. So first impressions. I mean, what did you think of this one? This in your top five favorite romance novels ever? I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it's top five. I'm not going to lie. I kept getting caught up in the fact that it was about the Civil War and slavery, and it was hard for me to forget that enough, mm-hmm. or even to like accept that in that time, we're having this romance. Yeah. It, it was hard for me. Mm-hmm. But by the end, they did grow on me, and then I looked, and it's the first in a trilogy, so I'm probably going to read the next two. Really? Because I still want to know what happens. You know, his um, Malcolm, the man, Mm -hmm. his brother features in the next one. Yeah. And then in the third one, it's her friend Daniel who had been captured. Missing the earlobe, Daniel. Yes, who was captured in Boston even though he was free man and taken into slavery in the South. That It's going to be his story as the third one. Mm. So I might read it anyway. Just, even if they're not my favorite. It's that good, huh? You, you recommend it to the, that extent that it's worth the trilogy. I mean, it's it's a good read. Lots of little historical mm-hmm. details. 
some of which are not correct. And so that threw me off right right away. I told you that right after I found it. Yeah, that one detail. Well, it's a major detail. Okay, so tell me this. Here's mm-hmm. something to think about. And we'll, we'll get into specifics later. So the author, in terms of verisimilitude, does not bother to check the literary references that she has the protagonist pull out. Because... You know, the first quote she has is from Mark Twain. Mark Twain did not write before the Civil War. He didn't have anything. He published. wasn't already known as like a he literary his first author, published, like an essay essay writer. Before I got up, before scholar. I did the podcast, I looked up the Mark Twain liter uh, wiki page, and his first published anything happened in eighteen sixty five. Was the first time he published under the name Mark Twain. A. B. What they quoted from Mark Twain was something that got published in 1883. It was his life on the Mississippi. Now, I suppose there's like some extraneous thing, but she calls him Mark Twain and there's no way. No, and she calls him like a great writer or something. And so that you're right. That is. So, so she is not, she's not concerned about verisimilitude when it comes to literature, but I I have no doubt that the sex that she depicts over and over and over and over and over and over again is very true to the time. Did you notice there was zero oral sex in like a bunch of hand jobs that happened? I did notice that. Why you think that's I real? Think, that's I realistic. Think they probably didn't do oral sex back then. But you know, in in like English historical fiction, like where they're writing about England, it, there's always oral sex. But I don't know that that doesn't mean that it happened, but it is almost always featured, like in Lisa Kleypas, you know. Huh. Um, I remember, I but I do always wonder about that. Yeah, I remember my parents telling me once that, like, during the sexual revolution, I don't know when it happened, but somebody said something about a blowjob, and somebody's mother had to ask their daughter what it, what that was, because it wasn't a thing that they did in the past. Huh. Interesting, but because I, I'm not going to lie, I mean, probably the, the fr- probably the French did it because they're all pervy in France. Okay, so. well, I don't, or they are free <laughs> with their love; they're more uninhibited than you know us puritanical English people. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I did, I'm not going to lie, expect it to happen in this book because there were a number of sex scenes, and in most novels, it features prominently because you know it's all about women's pleasure. So it's a, so I was surprised. So, so your point about that is maybe it is true. So maybe I think it wasn't really a thing. I well, unless she's weird and is like not into oral sex. As okay, a do we novelist. not call someone weird just because they might have preferences? Okay. okay? Oh my god, you and your. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it, you're right. That is interesting. I, you might be right. Like she's a romance novelist. Yeah. If you say that you've read in most of your romance novels oral sex, I, I've read ten romance novels at this point, and they and, have all had it right. Other well, than like Pride and Prejudice, of course. at least something. I mean, did Saint Vincent? Yeah, I think. Yeah, for Lord sure. Saint Vincent yeah. did some stuff, and yeah. so I'm thinking it's just strange for a romance novelist when the genre features those things for her to not 
Because you know, I think you're probably right, and I don't know enough. I'd have to check that out, but my that guess, makes sense. My I guess is that, that she did like deep research on the sexual proclivities okay. of I'm Civil feeling War like era now we're talking about people. this way too much, and like, and then and then did, just didn't bother to look up like the the literary. But does that really matter references. to the romance? No. Whereas, like, you know, like the literary reference, does that really matter for the story? No. I mean, it doesn't for the romance of it all. I mean, obviously, the main character wouldn't make that okay. mistake because she has so, what is it called? Like an I. So you eidetic memory? What do you call that? Where you yeah. remember everything? Right. I know it's like e i d e t i c, but I don't yeah, know. I don't know how to say that either. Um, um. So obviously, the character wouldn't make the mistake, but. Well, I, you know, I, I guess it does. It may not matter, but then you don't trust the author as much. So then I started questioning a lot of other things. As soon as I saw the Mark Twain thing, and you know, like I... Have a questioning nature. No, I, I like have read a lot of Mark Twain, mm -hmm. care about him as a writer. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, maybe I didn't know. Maybe he was publishing before the Civil War, and I didn't know that. So I go and look it up, and then I'm like, okay, well... Now, and so now I'm questioning the emotions, the protagonist, like, did she really do research or is she just investing her modern sensibilities on these older protagonists? And that was a problem that I had throughout the novel. I kind of felt like the indignities that someone had to put up with, with slavery, yes, they're bad, but it was like every indignity had to stop the narration and talk about how it was an indignity and... The protagonist wanted to say blah 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 in retort, but instead just stayed quiet. Well, you, you know that I mean, re over and over and over and over again. To me, I wondered if that was true. Did 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 it? Did they actually think that? Because I was thinking, okay, well, did she actually like do her research on this? Is this what they would think about? Well, I don't think that the indignities seemed untrue or contrary to anything I've ever read about slavery. That's like, what I'm saying, the in reaction, fact, I didn't even think that the she showed only thing. one reaction. I will agree that there was a lot of, you see this and you see that it is like an indignity, a lack of recognition of humanity. She did make the choice to then explain it through the right. character. Whereas the reader knows that those things right. are you know, trust the reader. Inhumane and 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 trust and, I, and trust that I can imagine that it was insulting. Well, that's what <laughs> I would say that they didn't seem unreal to me. Or uh, I will say that it felt like we didn't need to be told that because but it then was even beyond it. You know, the protagonist is a spy. Yeah, and she has to pretend to be a simple mute slave. Yeah, that right? was a challenging character, though. I think that was part of the reason those reactions were there is because she couldn't talk. So then you had to like. But, but, you know, at the same time, you got to think, for them to really believe that she was simple was good. And so, great if they say insulting things like, oh, she's just the simple girl. She doesn't know anything. I'll just right, but she give, my, Would you be give fine? my Civil War plans in front of you. That's great for her. Instead, she's, like, even insulted in the last, like, you know, at the times when she's stealing a bunch of information and, like, gonna be their undoing you know 
Well, I mean, that's human nature. You would be insulted if people said things, even if you were pretending. I mean, like, it's, you know, and she has to go and live in this way that she hasn't had to live in. That would be hard. Like, she was free. Mm -hmm. And now she's being treated this way, and she knows it's for a good cause. But it doesn't mean that she wouldn't be upset. And because she can't talk, they kind of, in in any of those scenes, she had, they just had to show her inner dialogue. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't think, I did think there was too much explaining because I thought, well, we know. And this is horrible. And that was what kept taking me out of the romance, to be honest. Like, I was just like, this is so horrible. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, I know you're trying to show, like, different facets of character and that there is, there are these different, ways that people were especially different ways that black people were during the civil war and not just these like single stories it was hard for me to like then take the romance with that and like put them together in my mind yeah so that that was probably the only thing i'm just not sure i trusted uh, and that's because of the Mark Twain thing. But, like, again, for me, you already told me that out. before I got there. So then so I'm, it didn't I'm questioning me. a lot of different stuff along the way. Like, oh, did she really do her research? Is this really how it was? Is, could this have happened? Look, I you mean, know. it was based on real people. If you read the author's note I at did. the end, I did. And so, like, yeah, it's a story. It's fiction. It doesn't have to happen that way. Mm-hmm. But it was it was based on the idea, the the spies and. The Pinkerton detectives and those that was really happening during yeah, the but Civil you, War. you gotta wonder if they can't be troubled to like check a quote when it was published. Yeah, I don't know. That didn't bother <laughs> me. That didn't like keep me from just reading the novel. Well, and, you didn't notice it. Well, you had already told me by the time I read it. And, and, so, it, and so I you, you I already care. knew it and I just got to it and I was like, Oh, that's not true. Okay, mm-hmm. let me move on. It was just to show her memory and to show that she had a wealth of knowledge. Like that wasn't that didn't really matter to me. Mm. Um, well, I sort of wondered about the the male protagonist. I wondered about his. Uh, I don't know that history. The Scots. Well, I thought that was super interesting because I don't either. Well, I know in a lot of romance novels, and sometimes they'll be set in Scotland, mm-hmm. and there'll be that like hatred for the English and how they treated the mm-hmm. Scots. But I've never seen it like described. So they were, they were raping the women of Scotland. Yeah, like I remember, and they were like taking their land. It was like really bad. I re- because there's a lot of romance novels where will be like, "We hate the English." Hmm. They never really show that in the novels that I've read, at least. Um. So you know, but I mean, I guess that must be part of the reason that the Scottish came over to the U.S. Yeah. They they wanted to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that. I mean, I didn't know about the Pinkerton detectives during the Civil War. I didn't know much of this. So in a way, it did. I mean, I knew the blockade, right? Like I didn't the know anything things. about the Pinkertons. Yeah. No, I never heard of it. So that was kind of interesting. Well, I'd to heard me. of them in the Western. Yeah. Pinkertons are that like maybe featured. that because the name sounded familiar. Well, the, you know that video game Red Dead Redemption that we were the Pinkerton detectives. The Pinkertons in. were like the bad detectives that you wanted to steer clear of because they'll like get you. But you were a bad guy. So yeah, you, you were a bad you guy. So caught, like the bad guys so, like, wanted to steer clear of the Pinkertons. Okay. Detectives. Yeah, I thought the name sounded familiar, but I was like, I never heard that in the Civil War, and obviously I knew about the blockade, but I didn't know. Um. 
It's interesting that they called them detectives and not spies. Was spies not a thing back then? They sort of used it a little bit interchangeably, but then it became, but then even L became. Called a detective. But I didn't know if that was because he was a detective. Because at the beginning, it did call her a spy, right? Yeah, a Union Union League spy, right? Yeah, so they're like this whole league of spies. Um, Had lots of Union League uh, activities when I worked at my former employer. That's where we held all our events. But this was the Loyal League. That's what it was called. And they were spies. But the Union League was actually the Union League was actually formed during the Civil War. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. it was actually, that was... But they were like pro-Union? Yeah, they were the Union League. And in New York, there were like, not necessarily pro-union. New York was big enough that they had all sorts all of people. All sorts of people, yeah. Yeah. Well, and even the Fugitive Slave Act, like I remember learning about that in school, but I'm sure it was like we learned it, we defined it, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And and then like thinking about what it meant, I hadn't really thought about it in the same way as right. reading this. And like you could have someone who was actually born free or was free. I thought the Fugitive Slave Act was actually about getting escaped slaves who had made it mm-hmm. to the north. I didn't realize it, they could also take anyone off the streets. Yeah. So there were like little tidbits. And I mean, I guess I didn't need to, I didn't feel the need to question. I just accepted that it was an interesting, it was like a different yeah. way of looking at the Civil War. Um, I really, I don't really know a lot about the Civil War, yeah, even the, having grown up in Alabama. Well, from what I've heard, and maybe it's because race has gotten so overblown these days, but from what I've heard is... Like, even Abe Lincoln was kind of racist. Well, I actually wonder, did you have in your book the author's note where she was like, I wouldn't even write this today, given race Uh, relations in the U.S.? And I thought about that because Abe Lincoln was really presented as, like, Like this great great guy. And I'm thinking, like, now? At the time, they wouldn't. I don't think black people would think that. Like, educated black people wouldn't think so positively of Abe Lincoln. You don't think in that day? I mean, he was because the union he, leader. He was, almost, you know, he was fighting for, I, I don't know how, how fully he wanted. Well, I, that's certainly free. what we know now, but I don't even think I knew that as a kid. Right. Like that was something I learned in the last probably 10 years, this idea that he was doing it for political reasons. Right. And not so that's why I'm saying maybe it's, to... maybe it's, maybe it's. The... And she, and so that was part of the reason, thought, that was one of the things I thought she might not write now right. if she wrote it. Maybe it's now. all this revisionist history that we're. <laughs> oh my God. No. You mean actually going into the historical record and, and looking at what happened and how people wrote and thought? Yeah. That history, revising history, mm-hmm. which is different. But well, I mean, there's still a romance. I don't know. I, I I just okay. So, um, I liked that the protagonist seemed to want a woman who was smart and sassy and capable and like like right. a fighter. Like I like those. Yeah. But I think that's all romance novels. I was going right? to say, but what has novel there, have has we there read? Has there been that, one that hasn't I mean, been like Pride that? Pride and Prejudice. But Lizzie obviously but was Lizzie that was a type very, of character. Yeah, but, um, outspoken, lively gal. No, I don't think there... I mean, I'm sure there are romance novels that are not, but none that I would want to read. I mean, right. I don't, I'm not interested right. in a so woman like who's that. not... Um, 
you know, mm-hmm. strong and capable. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like, what about the fact that it was an interracial relationship? I didn't think too much about that. I mean. But, I mean, it was written constantly in there, and, like, she was questioning yeah, I, whether she should be with him. What I liked was that it was, like, a black woman who wrote it, so I thought, okay, maybe she knows something. Although, um, I think she's, like, West Indian, this lady who wrote it. I don't know where I got that idea. Really? I, I don't think so. Oh, you think she's just American black? I think so, but you okay. could... We'd have to look. I don't know where I saw that. Because um, all of her novels are like American or Maybe African. she lives in the Caribbean now. Maybe oh, that's she possible. is American though. I don't know. Anyway. Um, I, I thought it was interesting. I, I thought, well, okay. You know, this is probably... I thought this is the emotional makeup. You know, the author thinks... Probably has invested some of herself in the protagonist and thinks, okay, this is how it can happen if it were to happen, you know, and that's what she's imagining. So I liked that. Um, You know, it's it's the power differential, so great, right? Like so big, and then they like sort of play it down because she's free and she's been in Massachusetts and all this, but. At the time, it was a pretty, I mean, I keep thinking that too. It was such a big power difference. Right. In that time, no matter how you. And they didn't really understand what she was doing. Was she a slave? Did she get put back in as a slave? Because she wasn't living in the house. She was living in the house. Well, did you know that that existed in slavery? I didn't. Where she like. Was she on loan? She was a slave. On loan from another? It sounded, because he said we're renting her because yeah. we left our slaves at the plantation. But then, so she didn't live at their place. She lived in like a rooming house. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't even know that was a practice in slavery. Like, I didn't know that was a thing that could I happen. I didn't question that. That could, I, that seems. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it, it probably did. I just hadn't even yeah. thought about it. So, because mm-hmm. um, when they first said that. And then he even does, like, kind of represent... To me, she didn't... I thought it was a pretty good job. He was like, I wondered why they didn't, like, run away if they were staying at a rooming house in town. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, over time he learned, like, it's more complicated than that. You have family. You have people that you're close to. And if you go, then, you know, obviously it's going to be bad for them. And that seemed like a very, like, white man thing to think. Like, why wouldn't you just run away? It Mm -hmm. would be easy to run away. Yeah. Or, like... Yeah, this isn't the only novel I've ever read with that. Like, he's doing really good, but now he needs to learn more. Yeah. Um. So I, I guess that's. I mean, that's what I remember. I like. I did highlight some stuff. Um, you know, before you get to that, you know, I did actually think they might kill him off at the end, even though I'm like a happily ever after person. Hmm. I actually thought maybe he would die. Like he helped her get to the ship and then he got shot and fell into the... I actually thought maybe he would die and it wouldn't be a happily ever after. Oh. But then obviously it was a happily ever after. But I actually thought like they might just kill him off because like... How can this... That, how survive? can this really move forward? And I, I would have been and sad, so, but I would have been okay. And so even though there was this miraculous... Uh, 
rising from the dead, if you will. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're, you were like, okay, this is good. This is a good romance novel. You liked it. In the end, I decided they were cool characters. I liked them. Even if, you know, it took me a while to get into it. But then I was like, okay, it's kind of interesting. And I like anything where I learn a few details about mm-hmm. history. So for me, that was... That was a good thing to see the different ways or like that the ship captain or like the the slave who was running the boat who ended up helping them was based on Robert Smalls, who I've heard of, but I never really thought about what he did. Yeah, I realized I had heard of him when I read the notes. So it was just kind of interesting in that sense. So like I said, I'll probably read the next two just to see what happens. Yeah. So she grew, she lives in the Caribbean. I don't know if she's from the Caribbean. Alyssa Cole. That's her her bio. Okay. Maybe that's why. I mean, her novels are pretty American. Even she has like another series, a later series about, it's called like the Reluctant Royals. Yeah. And they t- it takes place over the U.S. and and like an African country. Okay. Um, huh, she lives in Martinique. No, oh, cool. But spends time in New York. I always wanted to go to Martinique. Yeah. Um, her romance works explore both straight and gay relationships. They do. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you've you've read some of her other stuff? Yeah, but I did this. I had never read this book. I had read her other series, The Reluctant Royals. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, so, uh, I don't know, I didn't find it particularly romantic. Well, I told you, even I, like, I more admired the character's work and, like, this idea of, like, being a spy, helping to, like, further a cause and doing it because you're, like, very intellectually gifted. You know, I always enjoy that about Mm -hmm. a story. And so that, I liked that more. I, I also, like I said, I found it less romantic and i was just constantly questioning it yeah um the first highlight that i have that i highlighted pink which are the good things is the possibility of an easy assignment had been trodden under the boots of these scoundrels with hate in their hearts and excitement in their eyes i like that description of these like Confederate militia men. That was back in Baltimore, remember? Yeah. Baltimore scenes. Like, that's the prologue, really. Yeah. Um, Then she took this trip to Liberia, comes up. She, like, went to Liberia. Pre all the events of the novel, yeah. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I always wondered about that. And I hadn't read anything. I would have loved to see a romance novel about Liberia because I don't know anything about the, the oh. folks who went to Liberia and how it happened and why and when. Okay, that I'll would have to be see fun. if that exists. And if it does, we will read it. Maybe we need to write to Alyssa and be like, look, Alyssa, this, you brought this, this detail, up. And now we like really We want know it. you did some research. So why don't you just write a novel about it so we can see what was going on. Um, and so it was an ill, ill-conceived voyage, is what they call it. And then at some point, maybe I didn't highlight it, but uh, I'm sure I highlighted it. It was like 
oh, this this is great. I knew, um, I knew on the way there I'd made a mistake, she said, and it grew more apparent with each passing day once I'd arrived. Everyone I met was perfectly nice, but just because you're surrounded by folk who look like you doesn't make a place home. I want to change things here in my own country. And there's a way that I especially can be helpful. I love that line. Really? Why do you love it? I mean, it's good. Because I it's, agree. it says something about her home being the in United, the United States. States. Right. And like... Even with its problems, and right? And and just go and going away wasn't. And that was all the downhill right thing. from there on out. But you know, I mean, you know, that was it, it. Had already that was after the Mark Twain quote, unfortunately. So at that point, that was. And then and then it's like there's like regular reference to masturbation. Yeah, the, I mean, the protagonist, again, the guy's masturbating. Like, why are you talking novels? about? What, but is that but romantic? But this is just to you? opening your eyes to like how romantic. I mean, no, is that is... romantic to you? Does it make you feel romantic to see the male protagonist masturbating? <laughs> we well, don't really it... see it; it just is mentioned. Society had already sorted this problem for him, despite the fantasies that tormented him and drove his hand to his cock like he was a sap-filled youth. Why? Why Why even say that? Because that's uh, maybe how she imagines men are. Like he was like fantasizing about her already. I mean. But you can fantasize. Would it, does, is it like <laughs> kind of oh, romantic, like... romantic for you to think, oh, he's probably masturbating about me? Is that like well, I had like... never really thought of it that way until, I mean, it's in a lot of romance novels these days, so there is definitely a market for it. So it's just a thing, It's and, and women respond to it. Little did I know. I told you these were really going to open your eyes to things. And again, I hadn't read this one before. I think I have not chosen one that features it. Because, you know, you have to, like, read romance novels to be open to what they're going to show you. But, mm. you know, I hadn't read this, so how was I to screen it for you? Keep yeah. your sensibilities intact. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's too, there too much, like, they're, like, on missions, and they're, like, Stopping giving each other to... hand jobs for fun by the side of the road. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, that was where, and, like, it happens, much. and then there are, like, slavers who are going to kidnap her. Right. And that is so horrifying that, like, it's hard to to stay in the romance of it. But then at the same time, it's kind of like what we've seen in others. Things are bad. You can still fall in love. You can still want to be with someone despite all the horrors around you. Mm-hmm. And, like. That that is that is true. I mean, you have other relationships in the story. You have Mary, the house, the head, like house slave, mm-hmm. and her husband, who's the one who drives the boat. Right. And they're obviously they love each other, and they are like planning to run away. And then you have, um, Mister Dix, like the boat engineers, Ben who mm-hmm. has a romance with Althea, but then he decides not to run away because mm-hmm. he feels like his mas- his master. I don't know. It was unclear. He like, owes something to his master. That's, yeah. 
Yeah. And it said something like, it's so complicated. You know, there's like this line. Yeah, there's nuance to it. Yeah. Right. And I mean, that that's true. And I think including it is good. That was where I do agree with you. Like, you don't have to tell us because showing us all these things shows us that it's nuanced and that was very complicated and that it was a very, it wasn't so straightforward. But. Showing would be better than telling. Um, there was a moment where she starts to like, well, I'll read it. Elle walked toward the parlor and took a deep breath. Mrs. Caffrey's cloying voice filtered through the air like powdered sugar choking with its sweetness. Susie was unbearable, but she'd been created that way in a Frankenstein fashion, cobbled together cobbled together bits of Southern Belle her mother expected her to be. And really, quote, and really I know that makeup is wanting right now, but you simply must do something about how sallow your skin is, Mrs. Caffrey was pinching at Susie's cheeks when Elle walked in, and not playfully. Elle saw tears spring up in the woman's eyes, but she didn't pull away. Lucinda is floating about town, looking like a ripe peach. You can't go about like one that's fallen off the tree and been trampled underfoot, darling. So I liked that. I highlighted that in pink because I felt like it showed like some complication in the villains. That's what I that's thought always... too. Like it showed her but and then, like some of the. But then she turns out to be just the worst kind of evil person, which I didn't like. Yeah, in the end, in the end, where like, she says where she that like... he tries to assault. And her. that's my main other problem is there's too much happening at the end. Like too many. Like there's. Like the house is burning down. But and that's isn't that because stealing away. But, then they're in the cart, but then they have to abandon the cart. Then they're at the river, and the slaver who they let live found them down by the river. Just happens to find them at the exact spot. Then they they sweet talk him somehow, which it was not believable. Well, I'm he's sorry. gonna pay him. He might not be that smart. Don't. Didn't you think that? Like he yeah. might not be that smart. He's yeah. gonna. Like but I, I, don't, that. I don't believe he's going to catch him at the river either. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it just makes for like a, a, da a mad dash to freedom. And like but how then Rufus shows what... up after they slip away from that guy on the riverbank. And Rufus shoots him as he's getting on the boat. No. He, he, oh, he, he was shooting was, at was, him, but remember the... The guy on the boat shot him, but he, he was shooting him. at him. The point is, too much. Too much at the end. No, too many. It was like... It was like a blockbuster movie. Oh, I was going to say, but can't you slipping see that away, being a movie? Like, away, Actually, not. Away. this would be a good movie because it would do away with some of the things that like you that bothered you. What would it do away with? Well, like the explanation and stuff, right? Because you would be able to show the visuals and it's a pretty good plot like for a movie. It could be pretty good. Mm. Again, I don't think romance novels make good movies in general, but I this one could be because that like escape... That could be pretty, and then you think he's dead, but he's not. He caught on to something. Like yeah. I said, I thought he was dead, and that is hard for me to imagine in a novel. But I thought in this one, he was dead. Oh, okay. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Rufus though being like a son of Confederacy. What does that know? mean? I don't know. But they were bad guys. Clearly, did they really like torture people? I bet. I mean, I don't think she would have thrown that in there. Look up Sons of the Confederacy. It's not okay. very romantic. Again, that again, like mm. nothing in the events of this novel are romantic. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, he saved her. She saved him. Seemed to have a modern sensibility in the Civil War. That's the issue. But I don't mind that because that's how a lot of historical fiction is. Bring a modern sensibility. So you kind of like, it's kind of like, um, there's like a whole thing where you like might queer a novel. And so take like a famous novel and then rewrite it. And then uh-huh. there's like a race bending where you might take a, a circumstance and then rewrite it with characters that reflect your identities. And so I think in a way, like taking this story, and even if it's a little bit modern, and giving us another way of seeing the people is okay. Yeah, but I don't see any way I'm going to learn about romance if the characters are not believable. If they're not formed fully. If they're a bunch of modern people plunked down, modern sensibilities plunked down in the Civil War, I don't know whether to believe I didn't think they were particularly romance. modern, though. Oh, they were so modern. Their sensibilities were so modern. I just don't believe that there were people, black or white, that were that progressive. I'm just sorry. I, I just don't believe it. And some of the some of the most vociferous abolitionists at the time, I've read a lot of them. They weren't even that progressive. But she calls the abolitionist progressivity into question in the novel. Elle does. Yeah, so, okay. So these are just extremely progressive, like... The thought leaders of the time, beyond the thought leaders of the time, that's how progressive they are. They are like more progressive than the most progressive voices at the time. You just don't believe it. I don't know. But do you have to? Well, if you're like me and you want to learn what romance is, yes. Well, but you still see romance. You see. But you even said you didn't, it wasn't believable for you. So it might have been fun. Well, no, it was too hard to imagine romance. Because I think of, like, hard times right. in life. And it doesn't mean, like, I don't feel love. But, like, you're not feeling that romantic. Well, like, and I also don't feel like you feel that, like, um, like, I don't know that you want to get busy all the time when you're, like, really suffering. Right. <laughs> I think that was actually the hard thing for me. Like, find a love, absolutely, because humans want to, like, connect with people. But it was hard for me to imagine, like, you literally are, like, in danger for your life. And you want to, like, stop and get busy right then. Or, like, you just got, like, a bullet sliced your head open. Well, I can see that. Sometimes, you know, I've heard in their movies where it shows, like, people, like, when they actually think they're going to die and and it's quite possible, like, during war, then you just sleep with anybody because you're like, I might die tomorrow. Like, yeah, or I, like you would get married the day before you left for work because you were like, like dr- I need to... The drug addicts that I used to work with, like they all, because they thought they were going to die and they all had like been resuscitated a few times because they were like really bad addicts, they sort of threw caution the wind on a lot of things because it was like, who cares? I might be dead tomorrow. I might as well get what I can right now. And so... I can see that happening, but that's not romantic. That's just scratching an itch. This is like they're also falling in love. Yeah. This is what they're trying to show, and I just I just had a hard time. Well, that's what I, I mean. That was, I guess, 
because you have to be so strong and defensive also in like a circumstance like this. Mm. And I mean, they fought it, right? Or she fought like she wanted, she didn't want to be vulnerable to him. So it's not like she just accepted it, mm. but it did feel like it would be very hard for her in the position she was in to like fall in love. Right. Because it's hard. It's not that easy to just fall in love, like to let yourself. I think they said it, they went in both ways. It was like, he is also like undercover, like super. That's deep. What, I mean, they both are. And so, you know, he, he just, it, it's hard to believe that both of them sort of like get struck by lightning. That's what yeah. she says is like. Is happening. Yeah. You know, love at first sight. And he does too. Like in the moment where he doesn't even know she can talk. Yeah. He immediately is struck by her and can't get her out of his mind. Less, less him, him to her. He felt that yeah, way. But she didn't necessarily. No, no. She noticed that he was handsome, but she didn't. Care no, like his him. eyes were striking, but he wasn't. She was why did suspicious. She, why did she like him? Because he was nice to her? Because he respected her. Because the sex was good. I think because he valued her. No, it's because the sex was good. It, it actually said at one point that it, it was Daniel. She had had sex with Daniel, but it wasn't good. Yeah, it was like they were just friends. She didn't feel that. She didn't feel that the fire way. for him or whatever she word she uses. Yeah, it's the sex. But you've always said that that matters. What the, the sex? sex? Yeah, but it, it's interesting that it, in this case. It's the for the man, of course, it matters. For women, I mean, we've read romance novels where the women aren't having orgasms for years on end in marriages. Yeah, but then they want to break up. Yeah, but they went for years and years. But the point is, women are more likely to yeah care less about sexual fulfillment than sort of like a provider. It's just. Especially historically. I would say that's like an old-fashioned version But I mean, that's true. I don't know if that's It's true to some extent. I mean, it's still true today. Maybe. It's much easier to get women if you got money than if you're good-looking. It's just the truth of life. Maybe. I don't know. That's not a truth. (laughs) I don't think you have, like, facts and statistics to back that up. Uh, Please. 100% true. (laughs) But he was good looking and he had money and he was a spy and he was as in very all good romance at, novels, yes. Um you know mm. the business. So do you think what, this was what, like what business? the steamiest novel you've read? What business do you refer the to? The sexual business. The sexual business. <laughs> <laughs> um and this was the steamiest of all the novels, you thought? Uh, I mean, we'll get to that. So I'm I'm going through my quotes. Oh, oh, you have quotes. Yeah, okay. So, um, Susie was lashing out, and L just happened to be there to take the hit. But the words still stung. She knew that just as she knew that looks didn't matter a bit. That it was intelligence and fortitude that carried one through the twists and turns of life. Still, the words had hit her at a soft spot. She could catalog in her mind all the things people considered beautiful, straight from hundreds of source works. Skin pale like cream, light eyes and shades of blue and violet, lips that seduced with their pink sweetness, 
hair that flowed like silk. Elle remembered when she was on the road to the abolitionists, how they tutted and pulled at her hair as if it was something designed to spite them. Wish there had been a lot more of that kind of they, like that was very interesting to me. That's like white supremacist beauty aesthetics, though. I know, like bell hooks, like that. But is... she has read. So this protagonist has read all the great literature and the Western canon, is which all is super, and, yeah. And so to me, that's interesting. I actually thought that but was a very interesting like a thing. Throwaway through, line. But I thought that was super interesting throughout that this like black woman with this memory and could was reading all of the like great works of literature mm -hmm. of the time and that that's what she could quote and say like that was a very interesting mm -hmm. detail that was that did carry all the way through mm -hmm. the novel um but yeah that's i mean that's it right like that's to me when i read that i'm like oh why she wants to make sure that that is in there the white supremacist yeah. beauty aesthetics and how that plays on people well, I wish there was them. more of that that this to to figure out like how she thought about it and how she processed it and I mean that's the thing that it was like she obviously had like this modern sensibility where she was able to transcend the western beauty aesthetics that she are but she's, in all so the works of literature she's hurt by the callous remarks of the but you don't woman, see it she, she, she just says she's hurt and then they just move on it just doesn't do anything and like as far as you can tell she's not that hurt because it doesn't affect her she thinks she's beautiful she thinks she's no she thinks she's smart worthy. And strong she thinks she's worthy of being desired by the man she does she thinks she has something to offer him yeah, she's, because she thinks she's sexy and and she can offer him something. Is that really in there? Is that really in the novel that she thinks that way? I guess so, because she's pretty. Well, that moves liberated. us to our next quote. For example, her hand slipped from beneath him and down her side to grip at his penis. Okay. At her touch, Why? Malcolm made a sound that could only be described. As ungainly. Oh. And Elle's core <laughs> pulsated in response. She stroked him reverently. Are you reverently, really reading this aloud right now? Matching her tempo to each brush his fingers over her slit. <laughs> Why are you reading this? Oh, wait, wait, wait. It gets better. The veined thickness of his cock intrigued her, as it had during their encounter in the field. It was a contradictory organ, hard and soft. Smooth and rough, the hot heaviness of it triggered some innate desire to take him within her. There's a lot. You don't of think that's sex true? Scenes. And like, it's weird because they're all like manual. They're all like digital. But that's not unusual. Manipulation. But that's not uncommon. No, it, it's not. It's but real. Like, I mean, I guess that's probably what they did back but then. But that's still what people do today. But usually there's some oral sex involved, usually these days. I don't know. We read Bromance Book Club where he seemed to not even know about oral sex. And he was a modern character. Well, another one I had problems <laughs> with. But I mean, but even today in modern times, there's plenty of hand manipulation. Yeah, but, but then there's usually something else. If you're going to describe it in this level of detail, you have to describe everything. You have to assume that they didn't do that. 
Yeah, I actually think your point and that is that seemed like true. a very strange Because I remember thinking I was expecting it, and it, like, never happened. Right. Like, I was expecting him to do that, and he never did. But, I mean, nothing in there seems untrue, even if it's very detailed specifics. Well, it was just a, a lot of, I mean... There was the scene in the back of the store. Somehow they're like in the back of the store. I know. Getting it on back there. Even though they're like in danger. Like they're like. He could walk in at any time. Yeah. Mr. The, the drunk. Yeah. The, the drunk storekeep could walk in. Um, yeah. I mean, they were really like, you yeah. know, finding time. But I mean, again, it's a little bit descriptive, mm-hmm. a little bit detailed, but. You know what um, I thought about? What did you? I, I can't imagine. It's probably just because of the racial element, but I thought of Monsters Ball with Billy Bob Thornton and Halle Berry. You keep bringing that up. That really I keep bringing in it your up. Mind. This is the well, second time on the podcast. It's oh, I really... brought that up before. <laughs> it was a great love scene. I mean, it's like really hot. Um, <laughs> But he's like, he, Billy Bob Thornton's like, I just want to make you feel good. And that's what this guy is saying. Like, I just want to make you feel good. Yeah. And, but she and he wants does that to make him feel good, too. Yeah. And, there's a, and that's where there is a point at which he and she are thinking, I'm going to take back my power. And so I'm going to do this for him because I had to give up. Yeah, and he and then recognized that, and that, was that like she was had much. given it up. Like all that like explicit thinking about power dynamics in a relationship, too much. You're, you're not thinking that. But don't you think she had to, I mean, I get that, but the author responsibly needed to like deal with that and whether that's really real. Like she had to like put that in there because it is true. And she didn't want to just make it like this man and woman who happened to be black and white in the civil war, like she felt like probably a responsibility to be like, there is a power dynamic here that is difficult to deal with. Yeah. And I'm not sure you could leave that unstated mm-hmm. and it be like, maybe in a modern world, you have to make that stated because mm-hmm. it is kind of like a, like we said, it's super different. It's super hard because they it's not even like a difference in power today. It back, I mean, it was the Civil War. Yeah. I mean, she was acting as a slave. I know. So it's like they had to, I don't know. Maybe she didn't have to do it then, but I do think she probably did have to like expressly, explicitly deal with it. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Is it more romantic to have a lot of these very detailed sex scenes, or is it more romantic to have the build-up to maybe one sex scene? It depends. I do tend to appreciate... Have we ever read anything that was a bunch of sex scenes? I tend to appreciate build-up to one, or build-up to multiple, but build-up. I do tend to appreciate some build-up to it. But, and I will, I'm fine with one that doesn't have any, if there's just a, like a, a, it's called a closed door romance. What does that mean? That means like you. They don't show it? Yeah. So you can see the build up and you'll see them like ready, but you don't actually You're fine see with it. that? Yeah. Do you prefer that? Mm, 
I don't know if I prefer it. I prefer the, 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 the member descriptions, the <laughs> penile descriptions. I don't need the descriptions. Um, but like, I mean, Claypus has multiple scenes usually. Mm-hmm. But hers are very like higher plane-esque, you know? They're like meeting on a higher plane of like consciousness or something. Types of romance novels. Modern novels that aren't historical tend to be very explicitly descriptive, like what you read. Mm-hmm. With those kinds of details. It is still, I'm older, I guess, so it's still a little bit jarring for me. Mm, I see. Um, but, I mean, I'm fine with it. So you're fine. So the higher plane. There was plenty of description in the Claypus. Yeah, way. there is plenty of description, but, you know. It's like, yeah, Claypus was the first racy novelist I ever read. Hmm. We haven't read any Judith McNaughty. I know. I actually, so I was going to listen to this podcast, but then I picked up Maggie and it was like the canon of romance. Because I was thinking we should pull in some older romance, not classic Is literature. Judith McNaughty older? Yeah. Oh. Um, like I read one that I loved when I was younger and then I reread it and I was like. This isn't that romantic. Like, the guy is really domineering and, like, (laughs) the woman is, like, changing herself to be with him and I'm very uncomfortable. And, like, so then I'm like, okay. But but not all of them are like that. So I was going to – I'm going to listen to it because I was thinking it's not, like, classic literature like Pride and Prejudice but kind of like the romance canon. Like, who are the authors who created this, like, modern romance genre? And they might have been writing in the 70s or 80s. And so I was going to listen to that. And Judith, the reason I'm bringing that up is because Judith McNaught was, like, one of her covers was on the ad for that podcast. Yeah. So I'll probably listen to it before next week. I have this idea that's, like, half-formed that the sexualization, like, the overt sexualization in our culture that you see everywhere, TV. Yeah. Anywhere, advertising. Um, I think it has unbalanced romance. I think Mm -hmm. it's made... I think it's... I don't think... I think romance has to have a corporeal element, but I don't think that's necessarily, like, primarily corporeal. Maybe not. Well, you you did say it earlier that there's a higher plane, that they, a union on a higher plane, right? Yeah, but even in this one, she... So there is there is this sense that there are two levels, that there's like a meeting of the minds and meeting of the bodies, right? Yeah. A meeting of the souls, a meeting of the, of yeah. the bodies. And, and both of those have to work in union. Because mm-hmm. that's the way us humans are made. But I think in this novel that's true. Privileging the body, I think, I think doesn't necessarily, but can diminish the other piece. Maybe, but maybe, as we've said, these novels are still really pretty much written for women. Um, and making the body more explicit helps to show women that the physical is important when women were tended to be written as like not caring about that or like not 
like even being supposed to desire that. Now that's not new, like in the 60s, I feel like that was rewritten, you know, for women. But don't you think that's part of what romance novels are doing in this? Like trying to be like your pleasure, your like desire for the physical is not Nora, abnormal or Nora marginalized. Has pl plenty of like steamy stuff that happens in the one Nora that I've read. <laughs> But she had plenty of steamy stuff, yeah, but it wasn't. It, I felt like there was. It's it wasn't of, as explicit. This is this was out of balance. It was For too you. much. Really, too much. Not enough on like how or why they were attracted to each other, other than lightning struck and then. Suddenly well, no, because she did like they, that. He appreciated her mind. He didn't treat her like a freak show. He um, appreciated what she had to offer on a mental, like intellectual. Yeah, but then you plane. had this whole idea that like. It was really beyond what she could explain rationally. It was just that but the sex isn't, was so But isn't good. love beyond what you can explain rationally? Well, it might be. It might just be that the sex is good, and that's why you stick with somebody. I don't know. But I, I don't think that's why. No, because that is, you can't, that is not going to take, think, carry you through I think for the life. sex to be good, there has to be like a rational, rationale. Beyond, beyond, like, but it's does but romance and love do they exist without it being good? Yeah, there's good sex where we're like the people. No, but I meant the vice, the opposite. Like, is love and romance and all of that existing without without sex? I mean, at some point, it's, obviously building up to it. Maybe, no, maybe at like some point down the road, but then I guess the relationships change. Right. I mean, do you, you know, they... when people get older, maybe can't do it anymore because you have like a health issue. Right. Yeah, it probably changes. I don't know. That's that's sort of a mystery I don't even want to think about. But... I was thinking more of young people. Let's not even get into <laughs> I can see if that's a genre of romance being revolved. <laughs> But Geriatric I, romance miles. Um, I mean, I wonder. Eventually, I'm going to be. I used to be younger than the romance characters. Now I'm way older than all of them. So, um, but like, I meant more in like the young, middle, young to middle aged yeah, sphere. Of don't you? Of course, I you mean, need do it. you think it without it? Yeah. Is it really? I don't know. I mean, because there are asexual people, so mm -hmm. that's a different question well the the most uh sensitive erogenous zone is your mind so just keep that mm -hmm. keep that see which novels we find that are about that yeah final thoughts final you thought this was good you're gonna read the other two i mean i'm gonna read the other two is it my favorite no but did i think it was kind of inter interesting enough that i'll read the other two absolutely Let's not read any more of these. Just for our, just for me. Well, I'm not I'm reading not multiple of a trilogy unless for some reason you were like, this is so amazing. We have to read the next ones mm -hmm. because there are too many romance novels out there. Like, yeah. There are at least, I mean, I don't even know how many are published each month. So Let's get outside of the Western canon, okay? We're still in the West. I mean, I don't think we're, I, I just... I mean, that's a hard one. You might have to start bringing your own titles. There's got to be some Indian romance novels out there. Written in English? Yes, uh, translated. 
Okay, we'll see what we can First do. First of all, we have barely they were, explored. They were colonized by the English. We they have, have English barely novels. even explored the U.S. romance market. Much less. Yeah, I mean, I've read ten. I know what's going on. It's oversexualized. It's like okay. It's they have good. been very different. The good ones have some some interesting insight into the way women think and women's minds work but okay well then i don't i'm not going to read it this week because i'm thinking i'm going to get the title wrong so next week i know what we're going to read um it's still american but we can, no, we can read it this week what, what no because what, i already have one for oh, this okay. week well i was just thinking i was thinking india because i've read some good indian novels i you know, okay there's some great indian literature out there and that would be pretty far outside though Western canon. I'll look into India, and I would think there are some like they you know, Latin American. They wrote the Kama Sutra, so they gotta have some good romance novels out there. We'll see. More I mean, steamy, even than Alyssa Cole. <laughs> I mean, there is definitely more steamy out there. So yeah, we're just well, you know, the steamier they get, the more we're gonna have to read those quotes. Yeah, this is the first time a quote has made it into the podcast, so I'm I'm, I'm really glad you. <laughs> Managed to get that in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So for next week, we're going to read Partners in Crime. I'll let you say all this adulation about the book, and then I read one of the most explicit scenes. You're the bothered one, not me. (laughs) Oh, I'm not bothered. I just wanted you to feel like you needed to stand by this after you said so many good things about it. So for next week, we're going to read Partners in Crime by Alicia Ray, R-A-I. Um, I have not read it, and I'm not going to lie. Some of her books are very, very steamy, Uh-oh. but some are not. Alicia Ray. Is she a person of color? She is. Indian, I believe. Indian American? Indian American. Like not, So it's an American Not Native novel. American. Like India from Like India, India from India. South yeah. Asian. Usually okay. her characters are South Asian. And I almost chose... Didn't we already read one? Didn't we read one? What about the marriage game? That was. But that's Sarah Desai. That's a different author. She's Indian. She's Indian, yeah. There's like a lot of Indian authors that I read, Indian American authors that I read. Oh, okay. Um, This one, but that does raise your point that maybe there is something good that we could read from India because these are Indian American authors and there are like four at least. They got like Bollywood. That's what I'm thinking. And there's some like, I've seen some steamy Bollywood stuff out there. (laughs) Okay. This one, I mean. I almost chose one I have read from her that is not at all steamy, mm-hmm. but I'm trying for the next 10 to read books I've never read okay. and stick with that. And then if it goes horribly wrong, we'll go back to ones I have read. So Partners in Crime by... Alicia Ray. Alicia Ray. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Till next week. Next week. <laughs>